Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire Steven Universe Fan Podcast. This is episode 239, and today we'll be talking about Wildernessa from Craig of the Creek. I'm GC13. And I'm David. So they, they definitely named Wildernessa after a wild character. She is incredibly mysterious. I feel like there's some, you know, shocking backstory that justifies her deep love of animals. She's a pretty cool character who definitely inspires Kelsey in this episode. Not exactly sure, I guess because at first it seems like it's just because she feels so complimented by her relationship with Mortimer that she decides to pursue. But then it, it, it turns out to be more than that. They never really linger on that. It's like this genuine inspiration she has to, um, you know, make everything right in the in the creek's ecosystem and in <laughs> their neighbor's backyards. Yeah, I mean, she they, she has like a minute worth of revelation time, so they, they do a pretty good job pacing her epiphany, but I just thought it was really funny with Craig and JP obliviously doing, you know, dumb boys playing outside things, and they, they completely overestimated how long it would take them to get the guys out of the tree, apparently. <laughs> well, I like during it how she has practically like war flashbacks. <laughs> the way that she's suddenly stricken by seeing images of animals that she's met <laughs> is uh, pretty funny. I I liked the, are you going to war? No, that art comes later. Which, very foreshadowy, much like uh, Steven Universe. Is every line in Craig of the Creek foreshadowing? Maybe. War is coming, but not for another season. If we ever have an episode called A Good Kid Goes to War which would be a reference to a Doctor Who episode of a similar title, I would lose it. <laughs> I wouldn't put it above anyone on the Craig of the Creek or Steven Universe crew to make that kind of reference. So, I still want them to have uh, Carter come back and help imprison Craig in a cardboard box based off of the Pandorica. It would be too cool. <laughs> Plus, we could get a bunch of kids cosplaying as Romans. That would be awesome. Well, maybe that would cause the uh, the rivers of the creek to run red with the blood of humanity, as Wildernessa suggests, which was... <laughs> oh, that was beautiful. <laughs> yeah, that was a horrifying image, but I guess if we're gonna, you know, pull something like that Doctor Who episode, then... No, but I just really liked how they tossed that in at the end there, to have Kelsey be like, wait, what? If only, if only Wildernessa had started talking like this before, you know, Kelsey went home for the night. <laughs> right. To maybe suggest that she's uh, got, has some interesting beliefs. Yeah, but I mean the, oh, I think I have a train in the background. Let's see. Oh, man, I was going to say something. Thank you, train. You derailed our train of thought. Oh, my God. <laughs> but yeah, you know, maybe Wildernessa, not the best role model that Kelsey could have been following uh, at this time. She she apparently got a little bit more ashy in her inspiration with her leaf cloak. <laughs> Getting a little bit of Samurai Jack season five going on, you know? Yeah, please don't remind me of that season of television. <laughs> oh, come on. The, the first half of the season was really good, though. Look, it was fine, and it wasn't even the romance part that I had a problem with. That part was fine. It's just... It's just different, and that's okay. You know, not everything can be the same. It's fine. It just wasn't the same Samurai Jack. Ashi is strong enough to throw an arrow with her bare hand and have it pierce straight through a person's chest. Yeah, it's 
apparently a skill that Wildernessa has, well, somewhat similarly. What? How, how does she make Kelsey bleed everywhere? Uh, she she throws her little frisbees. Yeah, that was pretty graphic. I can't believe they thought to include that in the show. I mean, JP and Craig were obviously mortified when they saw that. That was actually really funny. You know, JP's, oh, but there's blood everywhere. You know, kind of reminds me of the end of the episode where Craig's eating the really sour candy. And, you know, he says, you know, I had a, I had a lot of help. And then, you know, he like looks up above the tree line and sees the, you know, pretend family members he had. And JP's like, I see him too. <laughs> yeah, I, it always, I mean, I just adore whenever they share that same imagination, um, imagination space. So, but I don't know, maybe JP really could see all the blood. <laughs> I mean, they, they obviously had to censor it for television. Would have been way too graphic for a kid's show. JP's a little oblivious, though, in other places in this episode. He uh, really didn't <laughs> know that those spiders were crawling up his shirt. Or should I say those miracles of life were crawling up his shirt? I don't know. I, I liked it when JP said that, you know, how would they catch the dogs when they had more legs and were naked? <laughs> yeah, and I almost thought he was naked for a second there, too, when he had all that peanut butter all over him. <laughs> double, uh, do a double take to see that he still had his pants on. Yeah, and his shoes. Well, She's sure. important when you're running around. <laughs> but yeah, man, Wildernessa, such a boss. She sticks. It's like, whoa, dino dog. Yeah, so I, <laughs> breaking from like our reality, that dog, what on earth is that breed of dog? <laughs> oh, I can't remember. But yeah, they don't get that big. No, I mean, it's like a bear. Like when you see it, you just think that she's riding a bear at first. And then they zoom out and it's like, just a freakishly gigantic dog, which is apparently, you know, everyone in the neighborhood is just fine with seeing this child ride around on this bear-like dog. Okay, like, be completely honest, like, would you tell Cheese Sticks where he could and couldn't go? No, as a parent, I would be horrified. As a child, I would be terrified, so. According to the wiki, he is a Tibetan Mastiff, although I... Uh, I, I have doubts about whether they get large enough for such old children to ride on them. <laughs> I don't know if that also is part of their imagination. I mean, we have seen robots and time travelers in the show, but the dog feels somewhere in between. There's an episode where Kelsey mentions the they got to ride cheese sticks off screen, so I'm assuming he is literally big enough to carry them in show. Yeah, no, I'm sure. I wonder if they intended for that to be, though, sort of like, um, you know, children perceiving things as larger than they really are um, or not. I'm looking I'm looking on the Internet right now, and it says for Tibetan Mastiff, the, the males will get on average maybe up to 30 inches tall. So either they got the breed wrong or like there was some super soldier serum being <laughs> injected or something. I don't know. I mean, we don't know. There are some mysterious things that happen. I really wonder, though, where the writers or the, uh, well, they wouldn't be the prop animator, but the character designer, maybe? You know, who had the experience with this kind of dog for them to think about Wildernessa riding around on this thing? Like, they could have put her on something totally uh, weird, like a deer, or, you know, she could have been riding some other natural beast of the forest, but I don't know where they landed on this. A deer would have been cool, but I think making Cheese Sticks a dog was the right choice because, you know, Wildernessa is, like all of the other kids, just playing. You know, she, she goes home to a suburban home. She goes to school and whatnot. So it makes sense for Cheese Sticks just to be her dog. I mean, oh, like, no, remember, yeah. her, her weapon during her epic battle 
was a pair of frisbees. So right, she's not as uh, imbued, you know, despite her claims of being a part of practically the natural world and not of the suburban one. She's not like uh, our later friends, like the archer of the creek. Oh, yeah, the green poncho. <laughs> yeah, seems to be more integrated. Well, I mean, the green poncho is older. He's had you know time to take it up a notch. <laughs> so give her time. Give her time. Tell you what, though, it's funny how at the start of this episode, it uh, could have taken a turn to be just like one of many Steven Universe episodes when JP thinks maybe they're going to go inside Craig's dream and (laughs) uh, rescue him, which I realized I was like, oh, that's a funny cartoon cliche going inside like someone's dream. And then I was like, wait, Steven Universe did that. And then I was like, wait, Steven Universe did that multiple times. So it's funny that they call it out at the beginning. They really only had the one episode really devoted to that specifically. Okay, sure. Steven goes into Kiki's dream once, and then he really doesn't Several go into- Several times, but- Right, in one episode. But he does like going into people's headspace. Yeah. Several times. Usually, usually accidentally. Unless it's a watermelon Steven, in which case, deal with it. <laughs> I, I, I like that they knew the the names of the of the turtle toys. That was a nice touch. I I just cannot imagine that those are names they made up. They they have to be characters that they were aware of. Well, yeah. Well, apparently JP was aware of one of the turtles' parenting responsibilities as well, <laughs> since he decided not to launch him into the tree, since he had to be a father to his child. That was a hilarious detail. Now, now you see that I got the impression that JP just made that up. I I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just. Being strange. That probably wasn't <laughs> part of the canon of that Turtles partner television show. Probably not. Yep. The Turtle Squad. <laughs> so Kelsey also, let, let's not pass by the fact that she just casually mentions in this episode that there have been 37 other Mortimers. What on earth? Yeah, the I, I don't know what's happened to all of them, but they, they took that detail from the pilot that she has the huge section of Mortimers at the Pet cemetery. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Gosh, you could make a whole Stephen King (laughs) novel and movie just off of her horrifying Mortimer Cemetery. But I mean, thus far, it seems like, you know, she was right about what she said about Mortimer. You're different. Yeah, well, hopefully he's a different breed because what bird dies that many times? Kelsey's only somewhere in the 6 to 11 range, right? Uh, She's probably around... I want to say about 10 years old, maybe 11, because JP's in middle school and still hangs out with elementary schoolers. Yeah, and I would imagine that her conscious life only started around at earliest three, you know, four years old. So in in the past five, six years, she has gone through 37 birds? Yeah, let's say she goes through four months per Mortimer. That's, I don't think that's natural lifespan. I think that is like birds just cannot handle the stresses of combat. I don't think Wildernessa would want to know that about Kelsey. Well, I don't know. You know, Kelsey uh, Kelsey might be more hardcore than Wildernessa got the impression. This would be too dark of an episode, probably. But imagine that <laughs> Wildernessa episode happens where she discovers Kelsey's bird graveyard. <laughs> it would be horrifying, <laughs> but it would really address some of the questions I have in the show, and it would uh, really bring some tension. Yeah, that would that would actually be an interesting episode, a, a, a rematch between the two of them. <laughs> yeah, of course this this would this would inevitably be 
Kelsey after training to fight Jerry, so... Well, and perhaps she could raise her entire bird army to come back from the dead? I mean, there's a lot of angles you hmm. could go here with the uh, imagination. I mean, necromancy. I don't think that Kelsey would willingly turn to necromancy, but if they established that she was guarding <laughs> some dark artifact earlier in the episode and it took control of her in her time of need, that would be a cool episode. Yes, or even time travel. Uh, no. We could bring back uh, what whoever that guy's name was that I just forgot. Deltron? Yeah, Deltron could, you know, just go back in time with Kelsey, and then we could see why all these birds died, which would also be very important. I need to know what the heck Kelsey was doing with those birds. What was she feeding them? How was no, she playing no, with no. them? Mm -mm. All that matters is that the episode would be entitled Forever Mortimer, and it would be all of her <laughs> past Mortimers helping her against Wildernessa. Yes, oh my gosh. Please. Oh, wait, I just forgot. Yeah, just like Scott Pilgrim. Please just bring back all 37 Mortimers as, like, exes and have them fight against Wildernessa. Actually, that wouldn't work out because wouldn't they be, I guess in that scenario, they would be Wildernessa's animals fighting... Oh, maybe that doesn't no. work out. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't know. I, I really like the necromancy thing because then you could have like <laughs> you could be showing half the time you could be showing the ghosts of the birds attacking wilderness oh and gosh. fending them off, and then the other half of the time you just see her fending off nothing. I like, can't imagine like living dead birds being drawn in Greg of the Creek. <laughs> I don't no, think it, that they, they would just be they would just be ghosts. Very cute ghosts. Also, yeah, I don't think we should be writers <laughs> for this show. <laughs> I don't what do think you mean? that's Our episode a... ideas are awesome. I don't know. I mean, if plausibility is the only thing that matters, then we're not matching there. But entertainment-wise, probably be amazing, and the storyboard artist would probably love it. So yeah, you know, yeah. give it a shot. Mm, but oh, what else to say about this episode? I, I found Kit to be like strangely upfront about the fingers in the peanut butter. <laughs> um. I suppose. I mean, I, I would have I would have expected her to be a little bit more of a huckster about it, but she's like, no, straight up. <laughs> I find it interesting that um, while JP's plan was ultimately not as complicated as he uh, thought it would be, that Kelsey's plan to unleash the dogs was probably would have taken like a lot of effort. And that was just kind of overlooked. Like, when yeah. did she have the time to set up that whole rope uh, unlatch uh, system? Yeah, you'd, you'd think it would have been easier just to... But I, I guess she wanted the dramatic speech. Kelsey, Kelsey would spend the time so that she could have the dramatic speech and they'll release them all at once. Like, that is very in character for her. Yeah, it's just um, a good thing, I guess, that JP and Craig were so good at their jobs that no one noticed her taking what surely must have been like half an hour to set that up. Oh, she just had to tie a few knots. It wouldn't have taken her but two minutes. Oh, there's like little metal hoops everywhere and they, the rope's tied through it and then it pulls up on the latches. I mean, I don't even know if I could set that up. I mean, well, you're not a warrior, you know, in training to go off to war one day in a future arc. <laughs> That's, um, I, yeah, I, you got me there. Hmm. I wonder how much Craig had to pay for those turtle toys, though. I mean, he's a kid. Does he have to buy all of his toys? Well, no, no. They, he trades stuff like they trade golf balls or... Just whatever. Oh, sure. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I wonder if it was expensive or cheap compared to a bag of chips. <laughs> I think I would value the turtle toys pretty highly. Although, I mean, yeah. they were just launching them into trees, but nah, that's a pretty precious activity to them. They'd probably value that a lot over chips. Yeah. Unlike the dogs that just um, were very stupid oh, and man, savagely man. went through them. And oh my lord, Kelsey probably wrecked those dogs' organs. I mean, good thing none of them got into chocolate. Yeah. 
the the kids were. I, I like how you even had that one girl calling that out to the dog. This stuff yeah. is bad for you anyway, basically. Yeah, so there could have been, you know, I think this actually hints at why there were 37 Mortimers. I mean, look how Kelsey immediately endangers the lives of dogs and regrets it so quickly, and yet, as if she didn't have, apparently, a huge wealth of, uh, you know, previous experiences to know that she is terrible with handling animals. Well, I mean, you know, again, this Mortimer's different. Well, yeah, this Mortimer's different because it knows as long as it stays on Kelsey's person, Kelsey won't get herself into bodily harm. So, (laughs) you know... (laughs) Sometimes it burrows so deeply in her hair that we can barely even see Mortimer for the yeah. entire episode. So. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah. Except when she gets disintegrated and then we can see the little Mortimer bones. Yeah, that was more subtle than the Adventure Time episode where Jake happened to be in Finn's pocket the whole time. At least oh, he yeah. farts at the end to let us know his presence. That Mortimer one was pretty hard to catch. Well, I mean, Finn pulls Jake right out of his pocket. So, yeah, the, the Mortimer you have to be paying attention. But with the Jake, they call a lot of attention to it. Yeah. Well, I just want to make sure that everyone knows that um, Kelsey's hair fact about hares, aka rabbits, is probably really incorrect. So um, there's one thing, if you weren't paying attention to anything else, make sure you also didn't pay attention to that hair fact, because I don't think rabbits were the first mammals to get hair. I'm not sure where that even came from, if there's some, like, world belief that I believes mean, that, but... Hares aren't even rabbits. They're related to rabbits, but they're distinct from them. So I, I think we can chalk this up to Kelsey's little fact being kind of like a soldier's explanation for why we call farms farms uh, <laughs> in Meet the Soldier. Yeah. Or I'm sorry, why we call them zoos, unless it's a farm. <laughs> How could I forget? There you go. Yeah, I just feel like it all really adds up again to her being... um dangerously clueless about animals i'm kind of deeply concerned you know she's a kid she's 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 supposed to be clueless again it's just amazing that this mortimer has lasted this long that would be another crazy episode if this mortimer's life is actually put into danger by kelsey's Mm -hmm. antics that would be um you know trip to the veterinarian episode it's pretty bleak (laughs) Mm. and it turns out that the veterinarian is some kind of magical healer or at least plays one in the creek. Well, or there is finally the crossover with the Steven universe and Kelsey gets herself a pink Mortimer. Pink Mortimer. Oh, you know what would just be awful and I hope they never do? Is if like later on in the series, Kelsey mentions that, oh yes, I've had like 39 previous Mortimers. Oh my god, we never even know when they swap out. That it would be so disturbing. I would not put that above the writers. Oh my god. <laughs> just, yeah, just have her slip in like, so, so she, she's lost two Mortimers, you know, in between <laughs> Wildernessa and that episode, and we never knew. Oh my goodness. That would be, okay, that would be awful. I hope it never happens. I hope she says that number a few times through the series, and it's <laughs> always 37. Man, that would be, that... Okay, of all the things we've suggested, that is so subtle and so malicious. (laughs) That is crazy. I mean, on one hand, it would be a cool little thing to keep track of. On the other hand, Mortimer is so fantastic. I mean, he's such such an intelligent bird. He understands human speech. Like, she's like, guard, guard Craig. And then, you know, when when Craig is uh, attacked by somebody way too big for Mortimer to handle, he flies off to get Kelsey. Yeah, he's almost a little too intelligent. Kind of makes me feel like... You know, what if this different thing, I'm always looking for the Steven Universe crossover. I mean, have we seen underneath Mortimer's uh, wings? Do we know? I mean, this could be, hmm. you know what I'm he saying? He could be a shapeshifted gem. We don't know. Just saying. I'm really looking for any possibility at all. 
Also, it's been um, four, five, six months without Steven Universe. It hasn't been that long. But <laughs> it's been a little while. It's been a little while. So I'm waiting. Hey, at least next week we're going to get our six o'clock uh, rerun time back. Six in the morning. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know me. I grab my bowl of Lucky Charms and uh, flip onto Cartoon Network every 6 a.m. Yeah. Got me and my big bowl of Frosty Fluffs. <laughs> I can't bear to be without my Frosty Fluffs. <laughs> And on that note, <laughs> did you have anything else you wanted to say? Uh, no. <laughs> All right. So uh, in conclusion, we totally should be on the writing staff for Craig of the Creek because we have <laughs> awesome ideas. Yes. <laughs> Enough to fill an entire podcast episode. <laughs> <laughs> ah, but yeah, Wildernessa, good episode. Good character. Anyway, guys, join us next week. Until then, I'm GC13. And I'm David. Don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. For more Steven Universe fan-related content, please visit LunarCSpire.com. Thank you for listening.